You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 158, where we're discussing the Oscars 2019 and a brief history of Star Wars, Marvel, and DC at the Oscars. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And no Sanjay this week. We did make a promise, and unfortunately, he had to back out. Not at the last minute. He gave us a big heads up here, but you are in the Nerd Room for another week with Tim and Troy. Dude, I'm stoked to have you here, although it's been a relatively quiet week at Nerd. We've got a few stories to touch on here with regards to Captain Marvel and a lot of internet trolling that's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's crazy. Some Disney Plus stuff. Yes. As well as talking in a little bit of detail about the Oscars. You and I are both fans of the Oscars, the biggest night in film awards. We both watched it, but we thought we'd put a little Nerd Room twist on it and just walk you guys through a bit of history with regards to Star Wars, Marvel, and DC at the Oscars. It's actually pretty interesting doing not a ton of research, but a little look into how successful these type of films have been all the way back to the 70s, right through to present day with Black Panther taking yeah. home big awards the other night. But before we get into all of that, it's time to talk about our weekend nerd. Like yes. I said, it's been very, very quiet. The shelves are dusty. There is not a lot going on in Stars and Marvel, even though we just spent the last week gushing over all the new toys that are going to hit us at some point here, likely in the spring. But, Troy, have you yeah, had man. any luck out there on the hunt? Well, you nailed it, man. It is dusty out there. It's, <laughs> it's so dusty that I've actually taken to uh, Kijiji uh, for my, my hunts here lately. And so um, I think I did mention last episode that I did go on the hunt on Kijiji. And I did pick up uh, a Black Series X-Wing Luke, the yeah. original. And I also got the original uh, orange Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because I do have the original Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's the blue box. Yeah. Now I got the orange one as well. And that was through Kijiji, which was... Fantastic. And then I also um, grabbed some Ninja Turtles. I completed my little Ninja <laughs> Turtle hunt, which is which is crazy. Pretty good price. I couldn't argue that. And then I picked up a whole bunch of other Ninja Turtles to pawn off to my daughter. So nice. we're both having a good time. Uh, and Lego. I, I got my daughter a Lego yes. Spider-Man set with Green Goblin. Like, can't go wrong. Dipping so, that toe, man. Dipping that toe. You know, I, I mentioned to you guys, a shout out to Carlos over there at Tumbling Saber, um, that Darth Vader castle. Yeah. Kind of has my interest. So, did you see? I was throwing things up in our internal DM there. Okay, with uh, the tumbling saber crew, that that Vader's castle was on sale for no like way. 127 bucks or something. No way. How much is it normally? I think 169. So that's a pretty. Good it was deal. it was 20 to 30 dollars off. I can't remember the exact amount. Yeah. But Lego seemed to have a big sale this weekend. Nice. What's the uh, the uh, count? The pieces for that one? It's over a thousand, I yeah. think. Now, nice someone may have to, Matt or Carlos can correct me on that, <laughs> but it's a very substantial set. It looks more like a ship. It does. And it displays like a ship rather than a normal playset, which is pretty cool. Right. Just upright as opposed to like horizontally. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't take up a lot of space. Usually mm-hmm. those playsets, they're awkward to display because yeah. they're either big, broad, or they're made for kids to play with. Right. And so they're not as 
I, the aesthetic of them doesn't look as nice sitting on the shelves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or that being, and even the shape of it all. And you got yeah. that, that back to tank in there, oh, too. Oh, see, that's what sells me. Do you think it'll be in the Lego store for a little while there, that one? Oh, yeah. That just yeah. dropped six months or so okay. ago. These things usually last, I would say, a couple of years, especially the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, man. I might have to get my hands on yeah. that one. The only thing I would caution, though, and this oh. is just I picked up from the, talking to Carlos this past week, is that they are, or they seem to be starting to liquidate things to make room probably for Endgame and episode nine of course so we got to be careful on those because once they retire those sets they become very difficult that's to get right and expensive <laughs> well that's right i realized that because again going back to this turtle hunt here because turtles is now with like mega blocks i guess yeah. but before they did do a line with lego and they the little minifigures look fantastic so i've been trying to find those guys go online those things are crazy expensive now because you know they've been canceled now yeah right so um but yeah man i, I picked up a infinity disney infinity han solo as well that. to go along with uh, that little collection dollar store four dollars you can't, can't go, go wrong no, with that wrong. and i finally got my hands on the trade paperback scott snyder um justice league nice which is i can't wait to dive into it the art i forgot the artist's name i follow him on twitter he's fantastic but i can't wait to pick up that book and my last thing is shout out to twitter gang there um grabs a while back shouted out a challenge for a whole twitter gang about watching a movie and a comic book choice of some sort so i picked um life is a weapon hawkeye volume one yeah stubach and grabs had great things about the book finally finished it a little bit before i got here and it's it's great it's it's so cool so i'll dm grabs and let them know my thoughts but Good stuff, man. Yeah. What do you got going on, man? Ah, you know, it's like I said, it's been a quiet, quiet week. Yeah. The only success I had out on the hunt was I did find the Thor the Dark World 2-pack. So that's yes. Lady Sif and the Thor with more of the gold accents to them yeah. from Thor the Dark World. That 10th anniversary 2-pack for 25 bucks at the local shop. And you can't go wrong. No. So I'm almost done that collection. And my average buy price for all of it is less than $30 per pack. Mm-hmm. You know, some are single packs, so maybe not as good a deal there. I got on the Ronin and the Civil War pack, I bought at full price because right. I saw it, I wanted it. And, I... and, and it's been a harder one to find too. Yeah, yeah. it's probably the hardest, but yeah. I've had great success because you got me those two sets. So 75 bucks, and I yeah. end up with six Marvel Legends in those anniversary packs. Yeah. They are flying off the shelves. I did go look for that Red Skull because I know that you had saw it. Mm-hmm. I, my plan was to troop build with that Yeah, because it does come with head swaps or Hydra soldiers. So I thought, hey, it would be cool to have some Captain America First Avenger Hydra soldiers fits the MCU legend shelf and all that. Oh, yeah. Go there, nothing. Damn. And then I had Carlos DM from here in Calgary yeah. up in the north hunting for me and they were back up to regular price at $26, $27. Oh, man. Which sucks. Which is still cheaper than the 34 because they actually retail at 34, yes. I think, originally. Yeah, and they're yeah. still quite high at EB Games. Yeah. So, again, what we're seeing, I think, at least in, in Walmart for me, Toys R Us is a hole right now. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I will retract that. I did see the Black Panther Wave 2 Marvel Legends. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I didn't grab any of them. I don't know why. I looked at them. There's the the Killmonger from when he when he pulls, uh, what's his name, Claw out of the, the jail with the mask. Oh, he's in the museum? Yeah, yeah. with the museum mask. Claw was there. There was the Black Panther with all the purple. Yeah. It's the M'Baku Build-A-Figure. That's right. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was about them that I just didn't pull the trigger. And I think it's because I'm holding out for whatever reason for that dang scroll. I oh, can't find yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. See, because I've been seeing Captain Marvel everywhere. Yeah. But I haven't seen the scroll much. So it's just like, I don't know what's going on. What I see the most is the, um, well, the Nick Fury and the jacket wearing. Yes. Uh, Brie Larson. Yeah, with the cat in it. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I may pick that up if I can find them on discount. But you're right. You had mentioned this on Twitter that you're seeing a lot of Captain Marvel merchandise yeah. lingering on the shelves, which is a bit odd. I think this movie, similar to Guardians, will really play well after people see it. Mm-hmm. People are still have a question mark. I think it's going to do really well out of the gates, box office. People are going to go and flood and see this. Not yeah. only does it have the Marvel tag on it, but it's got big momentum behind it with regards to what this film means for the MCU, yeah. both in Go Forward storytelling and the fact that it's a female lead. Great things, both awesome. Can't wait to see this film. But merchandise-wise... Yeah. People still don't know who this character is, I feel right. like. At least the general population. you got our hardcore MCU Marvel fans know who this is. And all people really know about this is that she's got that star. She punches old ladies. <laughs> and so it's a bit of confusion there. It's the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. There's no merch really going into this. Yeah. There's a little bit, but nothing too crazy. And now you look, all you can see is Guardian stuff. That's that's a good way to call it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, at least with Black Panther, he was introduced in Civil War. Exactly. Right? And we've heard references of even Wakanda, whereas here, Brie Larson's coming right out of the gate with no recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And you got guys like Yonrog, or whatever the guy's name is, Jude Law's character that's right. all in the green, the Star Force. Uh, Nick Fury mm-hmm. that looks de-aged. Yeah. So I, I just think the momentum behind the merchandise won't pick up. Like you mentioned with Black Panther, he had a, a legend figure and mm-hmm. a Pez and a few other things That's associated right. with Civil War. It wasn't until this that he had two full waves of yeah. Marvel Legends for those characters. Yeah. So I would wait on that Captain Marvel momentum to pick up after the film and even probably into Endgame. Yeah. Because we know she's going to play a part in that to some degree. And I, I feel like you'll get that Captain Marvel momentum the same way Black Panther did coming off the back end into Phase 4 proper, likely Captain Marvel 2. I'll call it right here, right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's that's kind of been my hunt. You know, there's there's been nothing crazy out there. I've picked up a few comic books, Wolverine, the Infinity Watch. Nice. Picking up from some of the uh, Infinity War stuff leading out of that big event and more of the cosmic end of things. So I'm excited to jump into that. But yeah, man, it's um, it's it's all about preparing for the onslaught of the New York oh, Toy yeah. Fair reveals. It's gonna be nuts, and also I guess babies. <laughs> <laughs> even more nuts. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. even crazier. <laughs> Before we get into some of the main news topics, we're gonna cover. I got two things I want to shout out here. Actually, I'm gonna do three things because nice. I got something special in the room here that we will put up on Twitter. But first things first, I want to congratulate Rob Williams of Generation X Wing. Yeah. He officially gained membership into the 501st now this is a prestigious club of cosplaying star wars fans and he has been working on a biker scout for i think a year or two this is a massive massive accomplishment there's a lot of prerequisites that go into being admitted into the 501st i don't know the exact details you can go on to edwin rookies he's got a youtube channel that he's chronicled his whole time leading into joining the 501st of what you need to do you can't just walk in with a walmart face mask and all that (laughs) this thing is it has to be technically sound it's it's awesome go watch what he's doing there generation x-wing as well as outer rim rookies but we just want to give him a huge nerd room congratulations for getting entry into that and i can't wait i know you guys i i spent some time in the okanagan and they often do a parade through there cool and the 501st garrison from bc i think it's bc 
ends up doing or is a part of the parade. And so I'm hoping one day I'm going to see the biker skit wow. walking in front of me with my kids. Yeah. Like, Another guy. That's crazy. Well, shout out to Rob, man, because I remember, I think right when we kind of started and, yeah. and joined the Commonwealth, I remember watching a couple of those videos yeah. rooting for the guy. So yeah, I'm so glad he made it. I saw the tweet today yeah. and man, fantastic work. So yeah. proud. That's great. Congrats. Yeah. And one other shout out before we do a little bit of a reveal here in the nerd room. I got to give a big shout out to my dude, Joey. Yeah. He did have some surgery the other day and everything went well, but I just want to give him a shout out and hope and and give him some well wishes and hoping that you recover speedy and quick because I need you to come and watch Captain Marvel with me next (laughs) week. So I just want to give you a big shout out there, man. Nice, nice. Speedy recovery, man. (laughs) Yes. All right. So we have a little reveal here in the nerd room. Now, I know this isn't as functional on a podcast as it would be with the video, but I'm more looking for Troy's reaction here. So what I've got, I've got a, I've got a bag here in the nerd room. There's something underneath it. Now this is something that that I built and I built for the nerd room and more specifically this year for Troy to take home. Now it's not oh, fully complete, but I know that the, the baby, you know, D-Day's coming for you <laughs> and I want to reveal this on the podcast while you're still here. So I'm going to reveal it. We'll put an image up on Twitter, but this is what is now going to be the official, I can't I hope I don't knock it over. <laughs> the official trophy. What? Oh no. For the nerd room box office fantasy pool. No <laughs> way. Oh my god. This is you nailed it. So I still have oh. to nail it together. <laughs> so what I what I built here, I took one of those Titan heroes. It was a Spider-Man Titan here. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. They're 10 bucks. Yeah. I spray-painted it like shiny gold. Oh, my God. And built this small base for it. So it kind of looks like an Oscar a little bit. And we're doing the oh, Oscar show. Better than the Oscar right here. <laughs> so I do have to get a nameplate for it. And I got to get your little tag on the side of it. And I got to screw it together. But because you won the first Nerd Room box office fantasy pool, I went with Spider-Man. Oh, It's on the man. top. So this will now be the trophy that the winner takes home every single year that we do so forever i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> doing the nerd room box office fantasy pool so Oof. yeah <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts crazy. dude thanks <laughs> this is incredible like you know how fitting too because it was thanks to spider-man for me pulling through yes. you know if it wasn't for spider-verse like i can't believe how good this looks i've seen these figures like so many times but seeing it in gold <laughs> it's like my favorite look of like the spider-man face like the skull it, it honestly the head looks better than the marvel Legends spider-man yeah. head i've been crying for that kind of figure that ah. Oh, Dude, so stoked. This is never going to leave the, ler- ner- the nerd room. So I got to well, work really hard to keep that there. Exactly. You got to work hard because my plan is to have it back here. I didn't design a dope statue so it could sit in your basement for the rest of life. This is great. It's, you know, it's looking at like what, uh, eight, nine inches tall? No, like 10 inches this yeah, figure. Least, Maybe even yeah. 12. It's oh, so cool. We got the thrip hand going on. He's all golded out. Can't believe this, man. What an honor it feels to actually own this bad boy. For the year, at least for now. Yeah, so. for the year. For the victor, go Wicked. the spoils, right? And, oh. and it was a bit of, yeah, honoring you being the first winner doing the Spider-Man. Yeah. Is either that or Falcon, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, I had a hell of a time spray painting this thing. The plastic didn't take the spray paint no. super well. <laughs> well, you did good. This is like your first custom job going on It here. is my first custom. Yeah, That's man. hilarious. So what I had to do to actually paint this thing I, it was out in the garage because I didn't want to do it in the house. Yeah. I had, and it was freezing ass cold. I have a oh, detached yeah. garage. Yeah. And I'm out in the garage inside of a box spraying this thing, but I had to have the blow dryer 
right. with me to keep it so I, the temperature was okay. <laughs> I tried to do a little touch-up inside, and for whatever reason, the paint wouldn't stick. So I needed right. the cold and the heat as well. This It was really it's, weird. It's crazy. Yeah. I know some some figures, like I got to like throw them in the dishwasher. I got to wash them. I got to scrub yeah. them down. Sometimes sand it. Obviously, you can't really do it with this figure. But man, it turned out like just supremo yeah, it's kind of nice and shiny too which I really it like. is it's an oscar anyways we will talk <laughs> we'll chuck this up on twitter after the episode so that you guys can see it and once it's done i gotta screw it together and then get i kind of get to get a little mount plate and then i'm gonna yeah. get a name with 2018 oh, on it crazy and then this will be something that we build for kind of forever oh man i'm gonna do my research now yeah. i gotta i gotta stay on top of this <laughs> It's awesome. Oh, I'm so <laughs> that you loved it. <laughs> That's so good. So good. Thanks, All right. man. Well, we're going to get into our Oscar talk a little later on in the episode. We do now have the Nerd Room Oscar sitting in the room. But first things first, we're going to talk a little Captain Marvel. Now, this film debuts next week, man. Wow. Can you believe it's here? Crazy. Captain Marvel. You know, arriving maybe at the same time as your baby. Who it knows? might be. Priorities, man. It might be. <laughs> But we will inevitably be sitting down and reviewing this in some form or another Definitely. next or the week after next. We may do a little bit of prelude next week as we mm-hmm. walk into it. But very exciting that this film is coming. We're excited. We, we've you know, voiced that excitement through going and watching the progression of the trailers. I've stayed away from a lot of the TV spots. So yeah. I'm going in, I feel like, fairly fresh, yeah. which I'm excited about. But it appears that there is a small portion of the internet that is not overly thrilled with this film. Mm-hmm. So Rotten Tomatoes, this is something that we've referred to on most of our film reviews. And we always give it the caveat that we use it as a bit of a barometer for critics, just to see how they're re- reacting in general. Now, Rotten Tomatoes has been known to be relatively unfavorable towards the DC Extended Universe, very favorable towards Star Wars and Marvel. And that's fine. That's how critics feel, whatever, that is an opinion. But we have seen over the last, I would say, year or two, sites like this being weaponized against films like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, whatever, Star Wars, the DC Extended Universe in a big way, where people are are actively going out and giving this poor ratings before the film even hits theaters, before the general audience has a single chance to watch a frame of this film, it's already got a 29% want to see on Rotten Tomatoes. It was down to 27%, I think, before Rotten Tomatoes eventually took some action and shut down this feature on their website. So no longer will people be able to leave any sort of review or want to see prior to the film's release. Now, there still will be the ability to leave a review after as someone that is a member of Rotten Tomatoes or has assigned an address, however it works. And that may still feel the effects of the internet trolls. But it is nice to see this because Matthew Salvatore, he did bring this to our attention earlier on the week before this announcement that this is crazy. And he has a bit of more skin in the game because the DC has suffered from a lot of this as mm-hmm. well. I'm happy that they're taking steps towards squashing this because to me, there's no room for this. Yeah, And I, I really don't know why. I'm sure there's some reason that people are targeting this, yeah. but it's definitely not justified. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well put. Well so put. I, I don't I don't know. It's this this whole Rotten Tomatoes thing and this this targeted attacks on films, it's getting a bit ridiculous and out of hand, even to the point where this film is receiving really good reviews yeah. from people that have seen it. You know, they're saying that 
Captain Marvel, Brie Larson is great. Like it's a great entry and it's a, it's that piece that's been missing from the MCU. Mm -hmm. They're saying that Ben Middleston steals a show that Nick Jar Nick Jackson, <laughs> Sam Jackson, kind of maybe the same. Yeah. Sam Jackson steals a, the show. The cat is great. Yeah. That the visuals, everything that it does for the universe, it adds to it in the same way that maybe a Black Panther did. Mm -hmm. And then you try and see this. It, it's just difficult. And even Zachary Levi star of the upcoming Shazam, which drops April 5th, about a month after Captain Marvel. And ironically enough, also used to be called Captain Marvel, <laughs> and to some DC hardcores, is still Captain Marvel. Yep. He came out in defense of Captain Marvel, the Marvel Studios film, and this whole internet troll job that's been going on and said, basically, enough's enough. Like, you're not helping anybody no. by saying, I support WB. This is There's nothing to pit each other against. Yeah. You know, you look at when we talked about these films these are two of the films i'm most excited for yeah i even took the shazam film because i'm yeah. so excited about it in my box office fantasy pool yeah. this is the most excited i've been for a dc film and so it's nice to see him coming out and trying to to put a stop to some of this and i don't know what, what's your thoughts on all this man like it to me it's it's really a bunch of bull yeah <laughs> yeah no i i agree man it's it's ridiculous i'm pretty sure i even read somewhere heard somewhere that wb is actually involved with um Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So it's 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 funny when you hear all those things. But um, anyways, going back to this, I think it's good. I like the steps that Rotten Tomatoes have taken yeah. to eliminate this. I guess it doesn't really change anything after the fact because I guess once the movie is released, they go back and they do allow the fans yeah. to do, you know to, to participate on their site. But it's very unnecessary. I don't understand their motive, uh, what they're trying to do or what they're trying to achieve here. There's just no need for it. You know, a lot of these guys have an agenda when they're going after these films to take it down. I think we had something similar to this even with Black Panther, too. Yeah. I mean, the film did great, and it was great. So, uh, I don't know, man. I'm actually, like, I've always been rooting for this film. I know I haven't been the biggest fan of the marketing, but I don't know. The last couple of weeks, I've been picking up on, like, Brie Larson's, like, energy. I've seen yeah. more interviews of her. I thought she was really cool at the Oscars. Yeah, she's awesome. Her and, uh, uh, and Sam Spike, Jackson. Yeah, Sam, Sam Jackson. I saw the yeah. photo of her and Spike Lee, too. Yeah. Like, she, she seems pretty cool. And um, I got to say, it was the, not EW, there's another one that starts with an E. Empire. Yeah. Empire magazine that just came out. And she looks fantastic. It's the best look I've seen so far that she's pulled yeah. off as a Captain Marvel character. So, I'm obviously all in. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy. They kind of need to do this a long time ago i'd almost even say yeah it's, it's overdue yeah long overdue yeah and you know some of the comments i watched an interview with brie larson i can't remember what outlet it was that did it and it was clarifying some of the comments she made about diversity oh, yeah. on the uh the media uh, yeah. circuit right yeah. that she's doing she basically said and i like the way she put it here she's re-clarifying she had basically said that she'd like to see a diverse crowd asking questions yeah and Someone asked her to clarify that, and she said, look, I'm not asking anyone to leave the table. I'm just asking for more seats to be at the table. Yeah. Which Sounds seems, like a captain. Yeah, <laughs> seems perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And, you know, the way the world is right now, I think that should be encouraged. Yeah. So I don't know why people are freaking out about all this stuff. And it's that's the thing with media right now is it and this is it's a whole bigger issue here and we're not going to solve this here, but it's just taking things that people say and twisting them, taking small little bits and pieces of it and reacting to that yeah i would encourage one thing is get the full scope and the full story before you make any sort of reaction mm -hmm. i would encourage for films like this for you to voice your opinion yeah if you don't like something we do that here on the podcast if yeah. we don't like something we call it out we do not dwell on it yeah. i will not go attack yeah. someone online because i didn't like something it's okay to not like something yeah. guys it's perfectly fine None of us like everything. Exactly. It's impossible to satisfy 
100% of people. You're going to have the people that love Captain Marvel and you're going to have people that love Shazam. Hopefully we all love them both. Right. But at the same time, there's no need for this head-to-head, this pitting against one another. One is better than the other. Sanjay, he has gone on record numerous times for saying, if one does good, it forces the other one to do better. Yeah. We are in a win-win by having two strong comic book movie studios. Bottom line, period. We don't need to discuss it anymore because the more time we give to it, the more time that takes away from actually talking about things that are reasonable in our lives, like Feige on Black Widow. Yeah, man. (laughs) Sticking with the MCU. Now, Feige, he's been out. He's been doing interviews, in particular one here with comicbook.com. Now, he is commenting on a similar thing with something is said, something is written, taken out of context, blown into proportion. Everyone covers it. We've even talked about it here in the nerd room, and that is Black Widow. We know this movie's coming with the likely success of Captain Marvel and the foregoing MCU narrative. It's going to need new pillar characters. Black Widow, she's been a part of this since Iron Man 2. She is a mainstay, and I'm super stoked that she's going to get her own solo outing, telling some either forward-progressing story of Black Widow or even going back and telling a bit Mm -hmm. of a prequel. I'm cool with that. We're going to see that here with Captain Marvel. Now... Rated R, that was something that was dropped. We discussed it here. Both you and I said there's no need for Black Widow to be rated R. Every single MCU film has been PG-13 from the onset right up until Endgame. Why do we need a Black Widow rated R? We don't. Kevin Feige re-clarified this and said it was never going to be rated R. (laughs) I think you and I both said that. Like It wasn't even on the table. No. Well, and like, what's the point? Like, I think when we talked about it before, it was so you could drop some F-bombs. Yeah. No need for that. Unless in your audience. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. (laughs) Blood splatter? You don't need that. Look at the hard-hitting films like Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Very successful at portraying fighting without blood splatter. You don't need it. You don't need gratuitous swearing or anything like that. That's Deadpool's world. Yeah. And that's fine. That's what it's established and that's what it needs. Mm-hmm. These films don't need it. Yeah. So, Feige, clarifying thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. This is, this is great. And uh, like I mentioned before, we we're pretty confident in the decision that Marvel was going to make was to yeah. stay away. Pretty clear from that. Like you mentioned, it, you know, that's something you leave uh, for like a Daredevil. Not yeah. sorry, not Daredevil, but um, for Deadpool, another yeah. guy in red, and uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Like those are the kind of films that Punisher. Can take Punisher, you know, you could maybe do a cable, whatever the case is, yeah. and Electra if you want to go crazy, but you don't need to do that with Black Widow and not in the MCU. Like I don't care what character you're putting out in the MCU, you, you stay away no. from the rated R. The universe doesn't need it. Yeah. And you're going to have, because they, Feige mentioned, or Bob Iger actually mentioned, that they're going to continue on with Deadpool in the rated R world. It's yeah. just not going to be branded with the MCU, with Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. It will still have that Marvel tag on it, just not Marvel Studios. And they're going to have a lot of fun referencing things that they are allowed to do over here, yeah. but not allowed to do over here. It's yeah. going to be really great to see those universes running in parallel. Likely never to cross over, or maybe we'll get a cameo someday, which would be fantastic. Yeah. But like like we said at the onset and like we're seeing here now no need for it and i'm happy that it's been clarified we can put that story yes to bed yes <laughs> I, I can't wait though to see that film because oh. if it's anything like even winter soldier like i think that's when i fell in love with that character was probably winter soldier yeah. and I, I could see the possibilities of them doing a solo film with her so man yeah. i can't wait put her in any timeline for me totally I, down with i it. agree she's gonna have i think a breakout role too in endgame yeah yeah. Like as as Captain America's time, now I said this so many times, <laughs> as his time appears to be winding down, mm-hmm. her relationship with him has been one of the best. Like just purely platonic. Yeah. No romance, anything. You don't need that. Yes. 
And it's been so good to watch those two characters mature together, almost like a a best friend type thing, yeah. brother sister type relationship. And they they've been very well to play and pit them with each other through this whole thing. Even doing the banner angle on Age of Ultron, yeah. having rewatched that, mm-hmm. him just in the corner and Banner being a bit jealous of him. Yeah, it's really it's, well it's done. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, Civil War and um, obviously Winter Soldier. Yeah, those two have just been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm looking forward to like even bringing in Bucky, bringing in him into her past. Like there's an I established so. past, right? I hope so. Yeah, him going back to being the Winter Soldier. If you go back to the 90s, yeah. or whatever. Like she's got that gun shot yeah that would be awesome oh man ah. nuts nuts in the red room and all that stuff oh, bring it all back so good yeah. they tease a lot of that in ultron yes set a lot yes. of it up for the future so there has been groundwork done for that black widow film in previous mcu films mm-hmm. now it's just picking up and running with exactly it. Ah. looking forward to it man so exciting yeah. and speaking about expanding the mcu feige in a very similar interview with comicbook.com maybe the same interview, also clarified some of the Disney Plus shows and how they're going to be related to the MCU. Now, we know there's going to be a Loki show of some fashion, a Winter Soldier and Falcon. I've heard rumors of a Rocket and Groot. (laughs) There's also the Scarlet Witch and Vision series that has been somewhat confirmed. But Kevin Feige was out here and reconfirmed that those will have very tight ties to the mcu he did say and i quote these will be marvel studios productions they'll be entirely interwoven with both the mcu the current or the past and the future mcu films so two really interesting points there these will be a marvel studios production so for those that are not familiar with disney's structure kevin feige and marvel studios reports directly to bob Iger. Mm-hmm. Marvel television and animation reports up through a dude named Ike Perlmutter, who's that's a fantastic name, <laughs> but he's been notoriously cheap. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> and so once Disney and once Marvel Studios became the entity that it is, it was moved over from control of that. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the stuff we saw on Netflix, that's all done out of Marvel TV division mm-hmm. under Ike Perlmutter. This is now being done on the streaming service under Kevin Feige proper, under Marvel Studios proper. So this will be very unlike the shows that we've seen in the past that have very loose ties and no reciprocation from the films towards the TVs as far as referencing. These will likely have impact on the story and on the narrative of individual characters. This is good news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, this is fantastic news, especially coming off the heels. Well, I guess it's been a while. Uh, Inhumans. Like, yes. That was horrible. And I believe that was Ike's baby, too. Like, yeah. He was really pushing for it because they switched at the time. I think he was still involved with the movies at yeah. the time. So that's why it was going to become a movie. And then he went to TV and it you know, became a TV series that we don't really talk about. I hope, actually, that doesn't ever come on the Disney stream. I don't know if they'll ever I don't think decide so. to. Because I think actually what's kind of taking the spot even too is the Eternals because that's yeah. kind of been talked about now. But um, going back to this, this is this is fantastic because we're going to get that continuity that we've always been wanting out of the Netflix stuff, right? Daredevil, we're always hoping to see more connective tissue uh, translating from that show to say the events of Avengers. We had a little bit of it, like newspapers and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, the hammer weapons, we've heard references of that in Luke Cage. But now we can finally embrace characters going back and forth from the big screen to the small screen. So I think that's a huge win for everybody. And I think it's going to kind of wash the taste of our mouths from the Netflix. I think we're going to kind of forget about it. We're going to hope to see those characters, not necessarily those actors, but those characters come back somehow on the big screen. But we're going to forget about the Netflix stuff and get probably way better content and quality. Because Netflix, as good as it was, the quality always did still look a little 
fan made a little bit, at least the earlier stuff. Even when you look at uh, Iron Fist, yeah, or Defenders at the end, that dragon sequence, yeah. looked pretty bad. I think on the Disney stream, we're gonna get like some high quality stuff going oh, yeah. on for sure. So this is this is great news. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's super exciting. Yeah. And the characters that they've already confirmed. I, I, I say confirm. I'm going to say confirm miracle because I don't know exactly what's been confirmed, <laughs> but heavily alluded to or heavily teased that, and I guess the Loki thing is more or less confirmed. It's the yeah. other, other shows, but using the actors and actresses that do portray these these characters on the big screen and using them for this, this is really making me think that this Disney Plus, in a similar fashion to Netflix, is going to take some weird gray space between cinema and tv mm-hmm. it's not going to be your pure tv and i think a lot of these streaming services are going this way where the production value is enormous yeah game of no, thrones like, exactly right? they're yeah. taking notes from productions like that that are hugely popular make tons of money get a lot of eyes on but they have to spend the money to do that to yeah. make them look good mm-hmm. and i'm excited for that because they're even waiting a bit more into star wars here on yes. the disney plus so we have the mandalorian now i think i have to issue a correction here i did say a couple times last week that that triple force friday was the debut of the mandalorian action figures right i think it's actually the debut i reread the thing the debut of the mandalorian Oh, the show, not the, the figures. The show, yeah. Oh, okay. So we get the figures for the movie, episode nine. Yes. We get the premiere of the show, and then we get like the pre-order or the order of the game, Fallen Exactly. Jedi. I think that's what it is. Okay. Now, I might be wrong on that, but it looks like October 4th is the debut of The Mandalorian. Okay. Which would be pretty, pretty awesome, because that's yeah. going to be our first live-action Disney Plus Star Wars show. Yeah. And that is going to lead the way for also this Cassian Andor show that we have had confirmed as well as what's being rumored now as an Obi-Wan Kenobi small series set on the Disney Plus service. Now, we've heard for years that there was going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi starring Ewan McGregor Mm -hmm. standalone film. Now, after what's gone on with The Last Jedi, with Solo, it seems that those films, those standalone films, have been maybe shifted towards the Disney streaming service, Disney Plus here, and expanding them out to tell maybe a broader story. And it looks like after Bob Iger kind of it came out and said, we're going to slow down the film stuff. You know, we know we get the Ryan Johnson stuff and the Betty Hoffman White stuff coming at some point. But it looks like they're shifting away from throwing everything at the big screen and moving things like an Obi-Wan Kenobi story onto the small screen, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. We're going to get maybe five, six hours of Obi-Wan Kenobi storytelling mm-hmm. as opposed to one, two plus hour film. Yeah. I, let me know your thoughts on this man because i'm ecstatic about the fact that we're going to be taking some of that at least that i that concept of the standalone film and transferring it onto a different platform because i think it'll be more successful here yeah yeah no i'm excited you know when you go back a while actually even probably before the disney stream i've always been rooting obviously for an obi-wan film especially when we heard about a boba fett and obi-wan even a yoda was tossed out there or even a gangster jab of the hut yeah. film was <laughs> th- thrown out there by del toro but um you know, I guess I was a little bitter because I was always hoped that we would have had the Obi-Wan film over the Han Solo film. Yeah. And I feel like Disney kind of got scared and backpedaled because I believe there were scripts out there and whatnot. So I wonder if that script's going to translate onto the Disney mm-hmm. stream. That being said, though, like it's all good because, like you mentioned, we're getting like six hours with this character. Um, that's like across 20 years between episodes three and episode four. Yes. So, yeah, I'm totally for it. And like you just mentioned, with budgets and everything, like, the way the future is like streaming. And I think what better show to do it is an Obi-Wan film. There's so many questions now that can be answered. Um, 
the only thing is, is like it's gonna be a shame that we never got to see like the mall fight. Oh, I know. On you know live action because oh. you know as much as good as it was in Rebels, yeah. There, there's going to be a missing component of all that. Yes, because that really wraps up Obi Wan Kenobi's story. Like his arc ends with that fight. Yeah, and then he becomes a small piece of the Luke story. Exactly. And yeah, that's that's seeing that play out on screen like I, I don't know we're probably not gonna get it right are we gonna get allusion to it wouldn't it be cool if they recreated it well that's we'll see that's the thing like ah oh, my mind's blown because like you mentioned like for me with obi-wan it starts like he basically becomes a jedi knight after exactly slain like he that's the first time a jedi slayed a sith in like thousands of years yeah. it's obi-wan kenobi right because the sith have been gone for so long and then you get a full circle of him like finishing the job yeah on Rebels, and, and it was a brilliant episode. It was, yeah, it was great. So good. But like you said, if we can see that reenacted, I'm totally for that. And um, you know, I'm, again, even going with these these films now or these these, these short miniseries on uh, the Disney stream, like if we can even get now like books like redone, mm-hmm. but live action. Like I've been telling everyone out there, like give me Lords of Sith. Yeah, and some people might just not read it, but if we could get that, like six six uh, six episodes. Yes, you know, of Ryloth, like. Oh man, I lose my mind. There, so there's a there's a lot they could there's do, a lot. and you know, original storytelling is one thing, but that's an interesting suggestion: is adapted storytelling. Exactly. Taking Lords of the Sith, yeah. taking how cool would it be to do a season, ten episodes of Lost Stars? Oh my god, yeah, like dude, <laughs> like that would be crazy. Like oh. even even taking the concept of Lost Stars, yeah. and spanning it across 10, 10 episodes, yeah. and just having it weave in and out, oh. and you don't have like you could do shots at the back of Princess Leia of Han Solo or Chewie running. You know yeah. what I mean? There's characters you can use, Anthony Daniels, and yeah. Deed. You can use characters and cameo them in these films. Oh. And just the same way Lost Stars just weaves itself yeah. through the timeline and you get little hints of individuals, but nothing more. Imagine imagine who, I can't remember their names right now. It's driving like me nuts. Thane. 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 Imagine yeah. Thane looking through a crowd and then you just get a glimpse of Leia. Well, well, exactly, because like that that party, right? Yes, where Leia's there, the she's like 16, yeah. um, when they go to Empire on Hoth and they're yeah. talking about Luke and he's like, who's this Luke guy? Yeah. You know, and you get to see him on Hoth. Like, yeah. re- they're capturing that man. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot, feel like, a lot they could do with adapted storytelling. It mm-hmm. looks like they're going to go more with original storytelling. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'd be totally okay with them doing a live action retake on that Rebels episode. Oh my god, definitely. Like, the, the, like that to me, that would be the perfect way to end the series. And I don't know if I need any more than six episodes, yeah. six forty-five minutes an hour long episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't need season two, season three, season four of Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I want them to really do. And I think this is a suggestion that's tossed it on Tumbling Saber is that whole 20 years. We don't yeah. need to spend the whole time within a couple of days. Right. Like they can tell a story every three or four years. That's true. It doesn't need to be some continuum. It can be some through going larger arc. Right. That ties all of it together. But I can, I'm okay with seeing them age you McGregor up yeah. and use the technology they have at their fingertips That's now right. to age him instead of D8. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of blend him that. a little bit with the Alleginis as yes. he gets towards the end. Yeah. Oh, there's that, so much. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, well, two things here. Do you think one would ever see him leave the planet? I think they have to almost do that. You take them off planet. Yeah, to yeah. make there's there's you can have some really cool character driven stuff on Tatooine. Yeah, but do I want to see him wandering around the desert for twenty years? Right. Get I don't a know. Stale. You, and how do you? And you also have to be very careful with what he and how he exposes himself. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see him. You know, ignite his lightsaber. Of course. And I want to see him going out there and using his power set and connecting with Yoda somehow. Yeah. 
so they have to take him off world right, right. they can't draw the attention to tatooine because because we saw it in rebels right we saw um ahsoka i believe and we saw ezra connect with yoda for the first time on yeah. rebels with right and they kind of had like a spiritual thing going on because ezra was still present on whatever planet but he connected to yoda exactly somehow, yeah right? so we could even see that take but again going with uh if we will ever leave planet do you think we'd ever see vader not necessarily the meat, but you've seen like Vader transcend into Vader, and you've seen Obi Wan become be Obi Wan. Really cool. Like, so, yep. <laughs> you put another thought in my head <laughs> is is that you parallel the two of them? Exactly. I don't know them grow. Oh, there's right? so much you could do yeah. with this this type of medium, this type of, of storytelling, this long form storytelling, mm-hmm. where you can tell a, a lot of story. Yeah. Over a broad time time span, and you could work so much into this. Yeah. I I don't it's know. Crazy. There's there's so much potential here for obi-wan in this but i i I think you have to take him off planet to answer your question yeah yeah no Um, totally down and i'm okay with that i don't need i don't for my head cannon he can leave the planet yeah you know when luke's young right right. so because because even going back to your movie rogue one remember um mon mothma asks bail like what about your friend on tatooine like did they ever meet the bail organic because you could definitely get um i forgot his name now jimmy smith jimmy smith you could totally grab him and have those two meet quickly like (sighs) There's, well, that's the idea. Like Rogue One is a perfect example on how you weave a story yeah. in and out of a timeline. Right, exactly. And then Rebels worked into that. So there's there's so much you could do there. And I, I don't know. The, like, oof, there's My head, my mind is absolutely just cooked right now. Yeah. Because you could also weave in a bit this Cassian Andor stuff. Of course. You know? Of course. That timeline works for sure. Yeah. yeah. You could work in Ahsoka. You could work in everything mm-hmm. Emphy's nest solo yeah exactly yeah, yeah. All, so yeah. much all adds up oh yeah, yeah. this this to me there's so much potential for stars in the small screen i i'm always going to be ecstatic about the films but being exposed to this type of storytelling in the stars universe for the first time yeah you know outside of the animated world is going to be a lot of fun and yeah. i'm looking forward to the debut of the mandalorian oh yeah and then the idea that we're going to have Maybe a, a new show once a year, twice a Crazy. year. Who knows? Yeah. Like multiple seasons in some of these things. Like Andor, you could do multiple seasons on casting Andor. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. But Obi-Wan's got to be almost just very. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is it. That's right. That's right. Uh, oh, man. Looking forward to it for sure. So much potential in this world, in this Disney Plus, like, like I said, day one purchase. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> it is coming I'm... to North America over here. It is coming here, right? That's got to be the base it assumption. To. It yeah. has to. It's, it can't be like this DC thing. That... No. We're getting sporadically, luckily for Space and a few others, Netflix, that are getting some of those shows. Yeah, that's right. That are taking them right off. Because even the CBS Star Trek Discovery, I believe. Yeah, we can is, get that now. Yeah, it's on the Space Network, I think. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oof. Streaming, it is certainly the way of the future, but it yeah. has to be available in Canada. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, you know, I'm, I would never pirate stuff, yeah. but I'm going to say... <laughs> Star Wars. I, yeah, just make sure it's here, guys. I'm not, I'm not going to come out and say anything. Just make sure it's here. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Oscars. Now, yeah. what is it, the 98th Oscars? Wow. That just passed us by. Did you check it out? Oh, yeah, I was tuned in. Yeah. Right from the jump, man. Yeah. I really like this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a bit, you know, self gratuitous in a way. Yeah. But. To me, you kind of need that. That's why we got this trophy here in the oh, nerd room. Yeah, Gotta man. pat yourself on the back a few times. <laughs> but the history of stores, Marvel, and DC, before we talk a little bit more about 2019, I thought, and we thought it would be kind of fun just to, just to walk through a bit of the history of the films that we discuss each and every week here in the nerd room and of those universes that we spend so much time invested in. How do they do at the Oscars? You know, 
one of the running jokes is the visual effects is pretty much locked down by these type of films. Not always one, but we almost guarantee ourselves, ourselves, as in we're the filmmakers, <laughs> a nomination to some degree in this category. Mm-hmm. But these universes have had quite a long history with the Oscars. And more recently, we've seen them break out of the categories that has been more or less slated for them since the, the almost the inception of the Oscars. Now, if we go back all the way to 1978, Superman hit theaters and changed for in a big part the way we look at making comic book films for the big screen. Now, what's interesting about this, this comes out in 1978. Wow. Yes, a while ago. But it did win for Best Visual Effects and was nominated for Best Score, John Williams Score. Yeah, Fantastic stuff. Best Editing and Best Sound Mixing. Wow. So these are categories from the onset that have been deemed as being part of this. You look back at comic book movie film history, Star Wars film history and all that, we don't see a lot of the categories that are more or less deemed to be recognizing the best films of the years those are somewhat filmed by we've called them in the past oscar bait films we've seen a lot of really great films be awarded here but not so much on this end of things going sticking with the dc batman 89 it also won an oscar for best art direction which i believe is either the production design now Um, okay it must be because i think some of the names change here and Batman Returns, Batman Forever, they're yes. both nominated for Best Visual Effects, Best Makeup. Batman Forever was nominated for Best Cinematography. Really? The commercial? <laughs> the two-hour-long commercial? Yes. <laughs> and then it got you know Best Sound Effects, Best Sound Effects, Editing, and the lot. But Cinematography, oh. that really blew me away. That was the first time, at least from the research I did, wow. that a comic book movie film, or film of, of these three universes, was nominated for Best Cinematography. Now, you take that category alone in itself Mm -hmm. nowadays it's almost telling you what's going to win the oscar Mm -hmm. yeah this is a closely associated award with best picture cinematography is often my favorite category oh yeah definitely and guys like nolan have been killing it for years in this space like it's just beautiful filmmaking but batman forever that's that's crazy because yeah like you i'm a big cinematographer guy like last year i was really betting on uh blade runner 2049 and and it won rightfully so so to see just the comparison it's like well have we come a really long way then from in film maybe (laughs) it seems seems odd yeah yeah it really does (laughs) now if we move to the modern era of these universes of really comic book movies we go into Spider-Man. It was nominated for Best Sound and Best Visual Effects. Now, yeah. it didn't win Best Visual Effects. I don't have the comparison here as to what won that. That would have been the 2001 Oscars because that came out in the year 2000, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it surprises me that it didn't win Best Visual Effects because that was yeah. pretty stunning when it came out. It was groundbreaking because yeah. for the character of Spider-Man to have him moving the way he did, it was so accurate with yeah. those colors too. That's impressive. Yeah, very yeah. impressive. But the following film to come out, Spider-Man 2, two years later, yeah. it did win for Best Visual Effects. This go. is at the 77th Oscars. It was also nominated for Best Sound Mixing and Sound Editing. So, rightfully so, yes. Spider-Man 2 ends up with Best Visual Effects. This is often praised as one of the best comic book movie yeah. films of all time. Yeah, train and sequence with yeah, Octopus, right? Exactly. Yeah. Visually, this thing was stunning. I remember yeah. the time thinking that Doc Ock stuff. Oh, Oh, next level. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely crazy. And then also in that same space, Superman Returns was also nominated for Best Visual Effects. Again, oh, Brendan Ralph. Brendan Ralph. Yeah, it was a good looking film. Yeah, it yeah. was. It yeah. took, and you know, it didn't. It didn't really 
I wouldn't say push the boundaries of no. special effects, but it used them in a way that made you feel like you were in a Donner era film. For sure. Which was interesting. For sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Nolan trilogy. When we're speaking about comic book movie films, the Nolan trilogy comes top of mind. This is arguably one of the best trilogies of all time. Yeah, yeah. Beautifully shot. Batman Begins was nominated but did not win for Best Cinematography. Bummer. Yes, yeah. this is this is Nolan's wheelhouse as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Is cinematography. He uses Walt uh, Fistler or something like that. Walt Fistler. Yeah, he's one of his the cinematography. He uses. Okay. He's just a brilliant cinematographer. Yeah. And then we move on to The Dark Knight. Now, yeah. this film is and was the game changer. You look at the past year, what we've gone through. Game changer. Superman in 1978 changed the game. Got comic book movie films on the map when it comes to Oscars. You look at this modern era, Spider-Man 2, visually stunning, changed the game again. Now you look at The Dark Knight. Yes. This here changed the Oscars for comic book movies, and I would hazard a guess laid the groundwork for some of what we saw the other night with regards to Black Panther and oh, what yeah. it was able to succeed. Now, The Dark Knight was nominated for eight Oscars, the most for a comic book movie ever, wow. period. It won for Best Supporting Actor and Best Sound Editing. It was nominated for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, Best Makeup, and Best Film Editing. Wow. So it won two, nominated for eight. This, this to me, is a bit surprising that it didn't get Best Cinematography. This right. film was beautifully shot. Yeah, and edited, too. Edited it's, very well. The, the flow of that film, yeah, it's a long film, but it's all due to the editing because if it's a bad, choppy editing, well, we would notice and we would feel like it's a four-hour film. Exactly. So, yeah. It's tough. And, like, the best supporting actor, Heath Ledger. Oh. This was awarded to him after his untimely death mm -hmm. for the Joker. Very well-deserved. Yeah. But, again, broke ground for categories that comic book movies moved into. Yeah. And again, made some space for what could be a nomination somewhere down the road. We've yet to see another nomination in the actor-actress category for a comic book movie film, or for even for that fact, a Star Wars film, yeah. after this. this It's non-existent. And I'm hoping someday that we do get something. Maybe Chris Evans for yeah. Avengers Endgame. Well, well, well you mentioned um, The Dark Knight, and I feel like that laid the groundwork for Winter Soldier, which it should did. have been nominated, as because I thought Winter Soldier was fantastic. It was. And, and it did take that step in the direction of a like a smart thinking man's kind of film yeah. with the political thriller going on with Winter Soldier, similar in the sense of, uh, of Dark Knight. So, um, man, yeah. one day. And it's, well, that's what's interesting about as we talk through this, right? You look at some of the films, the groundbreaking films mm -hmm. for the genre, they were to a degree recognized here, you know, not getting maybe their full spin because as you go into the dark Knight 2012, you're starting to break ground with things like the Avengers yeah. and all that. And, Oh no, that was, sorry. That was dark Knight rises. that came out opposite of Oh, 2008 right, yeah. was dark Knight. This is the same year. Iron Man. Came Iron out. Man. Yeah. So we're breaking ground here with this and starting to make headway into the, this, you know, what is typically said as to being the biggest award of the year. Yeah. Now you look at the MCU, the MCU has had a lot of success in getting nominated, but not a ton of success in winning. The first film to get any sort of nominations was Iron Man best sound editing and best visual effects. When we've done a retrospective series, the visual effects in Iron Man could go up against films of today yeah. and still compete for an Oscar, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always go back to that, uh, what, 2007 Comic-Con trailer yeah. that they released with him flying across the rockets. 
yeah. or with the Jets. It looks incredible. And yeah, we went back to the retrospective. It looks better than Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. Like, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, you could put Iron Man 1 visual effects beside Infinity War. Yeah. And you could probably, they probably date a little bit. Yeah. But it's hard. It would be harder to tell than a 10-year gap should actually be. For sure. Even if you look at Black Panther, now I'm not going to throw any shade at it yeah, here because yeah. it, it's done really great, but you look at that Killmonger vs. Black Panther fight at yeah. the end, that sticks out. Infinity War, Yeah. the Hulkbuster, sticks yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Iron Man in Iron Man 1, 2008, you did not ever feel like that wasn't a practical effect. Yeah, there's never that moment. No. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy, this was a, another groundbreaker for Marvel Studios, but it was nominated for visuals, makeup, and hairstyling. Yeah. Did not win anything. Now, the, the MCU as a whole, like I said, they've been successful in getting nominations, but really no awards until the other night. Iron Man 2, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, Doctor Strange, and Infinity War were all nominated for Best Visual Effects, and none of them won. <laughs> I was actually surprised last night, or the other night, that Infinity War didn't win best visual effects mm -hmm. it's it's a pretty stunning looking film now we've thrown a little bit at that that uh, hulkbuster scene yeah but outside of that the integration of what they did there the wakanda battle the yeah. stuff with Thanos. yes like come on like the fact that we don't we never even question him being a character like i don't blink yeah at him i know he doesn't exist in real life but him. <laughs> but to me like you look at stuff like this days of future past was also nominated for best visuals that was great yeah yeah, yeah. so when i look at all these and again if i really wanted to dig deep i could see what it was up against mm -hmm. but even what i can't remember even what won for best visual effects at the the other night 2019 it was first man your movie because you oh, saw yeah. first man so i was gonna ask you like i mean obviously sometimes i think the visual artists they look for the point kind of like what you mentioned with thanos to the point where it's seamless you don't even blink yeah. at the fact that it's you know it's it's fake yeah. so i'm guessing with with first man that a lot of the rocket ship a lot of the space shots yeah must have just looked incredible yeah and that's and i know we've talked about this in the past when we actually I did give a bit of feedback on first man it's, yeah. it's an okay movie yeah wasn't really what i wanted it wasn't apollo 13 i guess yeah <laughs> but to me it just i look for films that move the needle on visual effects yeah to me that didn't do anything that was groundbreaking the same way as having your main character being a giant purple dude yeah. with stripes in his chin yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like thanos is the main character of that film yeah and yeah we've had all sorts of films where the main character is cgi in a way but yeah. to do it that way i don't know to me it just seemed like first man was the easy safe choice for visual effects right even a film like aquaman not being nominated now mm -hmm. i know this is a big second point for sanjay <laughs> and that film it did look good yeah and it deserved a nomination i don't know if it deserved a win mm -hmm. but I don't know how it's judged, right? Because it's judged by their peers. It's not random people. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's other visual effects artists that are doing this. So exactly. they have a better appreciation for maybe the complexity or, like you said, the natural integration of it, the seamlessness of it. Yeah. And First Man, yeah. But to me, a lot of that looked, I guess, the back, it just looked and felt more practical. Right. Which is a testament to what they did. Exactly. That, yeah. I, felt, that I felt that even if it is visually like via like visual effects and yeah. i thought it was practical you know that goes a long way to saying that it's probably pretty damn good it, exactly you know they say the best visual effects are the ones you don't even notice yeah right because they look that good yeah so, yeah <laughs> now logan this was a film that you and i mm -hmm. we had some pretty particular issues with 
And I remember talking about this a couple of years ago on the podcast about mm-hmm. the nomination for best adapted screenplay. This is the first time a comic book movie film was nominated for anything with regards to writing. Period. Yeah. And even into the Dark Knight, you know, we didn't see something for writing. And Logan did get this nomination. Unfortunately, it did not win. But again, breaking new ground. Logan was a groundbreaking film for the genre. It did something different. Maybe you and I, we don't have or don't share that same opinion with the rest of the world. But it is really cool to see it nominated for something with regards to writing. Because that is an important piece of the filmmaking process, (laughs) is the writing of the film. I would say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one that I find and still find very interesting, and I know Sanjay holds this near and dear to his heart. Oh, yeah. The Oscar-winning Suicide Squad, (laughs) winning for Best Makeup and Hairstyle. Mm -hmm. Yes, in the 2017 Oscars. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's... 16 but is the 17th show right yeah 17th show yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah so interestingly enough but again making and breaking ground you know we're always cheering here for the comic book movie films now what this all did why did we go through this history because it laid the groundwork the foundation for the groundbreaking black panther film it got seven nominations for this year's for the 89th annual oscar awards it was nominated in original score costume design production design best picture of the year yeah sound mixing sound editing and original song Mm -hmm. now the big thing here and the big recognition is best picture of the year the dark knight film this set the groundwork for the academy to expand out the best picture to 10 films. I can't yes. remember what it was before. Five, maybe? I think it was five. Five. Yeah. And the fact that The Dark Knight wasn't nominated in that year was a particular sticking issue with a lot of people. A film of that magnitude, of that style, and of that success should have been in this category. So in the absence of The Dark Knight, not only does the genre not change, but it doesn't open up for the ability for a film like Black Panther that had this major cultural shift with inside of it and this movement that's gone with it and i think you even see that that representation across the oscars now yeah and it was able to win the most oscars for a single comic book movie film with three wins original score costume design and production design yeah these are all and i think these are a huge testament to black Panther. original score oh yeah comic book movie film that's incredible. It's huge. And it's a great score. You know, I was listening to it the other day, and sometimes it might even be better than the soundtrack. The soundtrack yeah. is, like, awesome, but the score is so good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hats off to the guy, too, because he also won the Golden Globe, I believe, on behalf of Childish Gambino's uh, This Is America. He also yeah. composed it. So, good job. He's killing it. And he's yeah. going to be doing The Mandalorian. Yeah, he's, yeah. Doing, yeah. And he's good buddies, it looks like, with Ryan Cooler. I think in his speech he said that... Um, they were in a hit the dorm a dorm room together composing Crazy. the score for his first like short film or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was giving praise to Ryan Coogler. Yeah, that yeah. Guy. And I think to me personally, yeah, I called this out before. The snub. I, I don't like saying snub because mm-hmm. I, I I have no idea what what happens there. <laughs> but to me, from the outside, from the periphery here, Coogler should have been nominated for best director. Definitely, a hundred percent. I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. Because even like to me, I'm even willing to. I don't know. I don't. Should I say this? A lot? I don't know. I'm willing to put and sacrifice a best picture for a Coogler nomination. Yeah. Because yeah. I, to, you can't say that this film is groundbreaking, culturally significant, all this. The man that is behind it. Yeah. The reason that it all came together. You look at the, you know, the, the woman that won best costume design and the best production design. Yeah. The first thing they said is, thank you, Ryan Coogler, for yeah. giving me a shot. Exactly. This guy 
is the guy that did all this. He put this world together. Yeah, had the vision for it. The vision. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's key, right? Yeah. Visionary. Yeah. He changed the game and he didn't get nominated, which that's one thing that upset me the most yeah. about this. You know, you know, congratulations on, on the three big wins, the most ever for a comic book movie film, and seven nominations, putting up there with the Dark Knight and changing the game again here with yeah. best picture nomination. That's right. Huge step. Huge pretty step. wild. Pretty yeah. wild. And we also get to give a huge shout out for this year's nominations and recipients of the awards to Spider-Man into the spider Yes. Yeah. This thing was almost a queen sleep. Queen sleep. Yeah. Nice pun there. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I see what you're doing. <laughs> clean sweep across the board when it comes to award seasons for best animated film. Some even argued that it maybe should have been in the best picture category. I'd say. Yeah. Cause I think Lion King might've been the last animated film to get nominated for a best in the best picture, best picture, yeah, being an animated film. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Beauty and the Beast was. Oh, maybe nom- it was Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast was nominated. No, I think for, yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah, Beauty and the Beast, yeah, not Lion yeah. King. Uh, maybe Lion King next year. We'll yeah, see. yeah, that's right. Possibly <laughs> is yeah, it live action? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Is it real? I don't know. Did they train those monkeys to do that? Probably. <laughs> but man, you got to be pleased with this. Oh, I'm super happy just to know. Like now, like when you say Spider Man, like it's an Oscar winning film, and I'm I'm just so happy for that film. I loved it. You know. I, I always went in thinking like this film is going to be something special. I'm a big fan of Water Miller, and I know they're the producers of it, not necessarily the director. And I think one of them uh, also wrote the film yeah. too. But across the board, it's just great, and it goes to show. I know a lot of people like to give Sony a hard time, but I mean, Sony's has an idea of what they're doing. I yes. mean, they've made quite a bit of good Spider-Man films, so. Hats yeah, off to those guys, They're man. doing justice to that character. They really for are. Sure, they in really this are. universe. And, and I'm happy for them to continue this universe and move forward. And I think one of the significant things that, I don't know, one of the directors and producers said when they were receiving the award was th- that change again about uh, young Latino kids saying, oh, yes. they're, they're speaking like me. And yeah. I'm saying, oh, like, he looks like me. Yeah. I love that. Like, that, that's, that speaks so much to the way the world needs to be going. Right. And what we saw in the Oscars this year was about expanding that and embracing diversity. Mm-hmm. There's so much importance to that. And having films like black Panther, black Klansmen yeah. into the spider verse, taking a, a precedence or taking, you know, a, a spot in that Academy limelight. Mm-hmm. It is so, it's so important. Yeah. And the fact that these are the quality films and you've got very supportive people and very just visionary, I think, you know, yeah. guys like Spike Lee, Ryan Googler, like, there's so much going on right now yeah. that you look at what's happening here in the Academy and they have a lot of work to do. Oh yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of work to do as yeah. far as recognition, the proper people and all that. But to me, the positive spin on this, it's going in the right direction. Exactly. And yeah. it's, it is awesome to see films that we talk about here each and every week. Yeah getting these big awards and i know some people will say ah oh, the oscars whatever yeah you know it's all about you know slapping each other on the back and saying good job so to us this is it's kind of fun it, right? i think it's fun i think it's one of the hardest awards to win actually out there too yeah so, yeah great stuff man so summarizing with comic book movie films at the oscars no comic book movie film has ever been nominated for best actor actress best supporting actress best original screenplay now, I don't think that's a category that a comic book movie film can win <laughs> because technically everything's adapted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there is ground to still be broken. Black Panther has done a ton of work this yeah. year as far as its headway into the Best Picture nomination and winning three Academy Awards. So congratulations to Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, Ryan Coogler, the entire cast of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. This is an awesome achievement. <laughs> 
Now, before we get into a little bit of a roundup of the 2019, I just want to touch a bit on Star Wars. Not something yes. that we didn't get into here because we're talking directly about comic book movie films. But let, let's let's do a little history here on Star Wars because I think it's pretty interesting. Now, Star Wars, the original film, A New Hope, was nominated for 10 Oscars. Wow. 10 Oscars. And it won six. So that includes Best Art Direction and Set Decoration, Best Costume Design, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects, Best Music, music the original score by John Williams. So they also received a Academy, a Special Academy Achievement for Sound Effects. This did not win Best Picture or Best Script. It was nominated for both of those. And George Lucas did not win for Best Director. And Al Guinness did not win for Best Supporting Actor. So this film, it was, at the time, it was something else. Yeah, you know, big deal. In <laughs> 77, the Academy recognized this film. Nothing really in the acting space. But as the films kind of went on, we, we saw a big drought in Star Wars. You know, Empire Strikes Back, which is... At least, maybe not at the time, but is I would say for a good chunk of Star Wars fandom, is their favorite film. Yep. It was nominated for three Oscars, Best Sound, Best Score, and Best Art Direction. It only ended up taking home Best Sound. Again, taking home one of these special achievements for visual effects right. awards. Groundbreaking. Yeah. The Return of the Jedi, it was nominated for Best Original Music slash score best sound mixing and best production design and best sound editing it did not win anything but got one of these special achievement for visuals now if i were to tell you so that's the original trilogy up to 1983 the 1984 academy awards if i were to tell you that from that point on star wars has not won a single oscar would that surprise you Definitely, definitely. Just because on two accounts, I mean, I, I'm a big prequel guy, and I would have assumed back in 2099 there that Phantom Menace would yeah. have won something because what George Lucas did at that time was was groundbreaking. I know you had the Matrix floating around there too, yeah. but I would still give the up. Like you look at Naboo, you look at uh, Jar Jar. I can't remember underwater the, the underwater planet of Naboo. Yeah, it's just the Gungans. The Gungans, yeah. yeah. Like you look at all that kind of stuff. The, the droids, the assembly line of the droids, Pod the lightsaber battles. The score. Yeah. Like, crazy. Geez. It was nominated in Phantom Menace for Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Messing, and Best, best Sound Editing. Ugh. Now, so that's the technical categories, yeah. which Star Wars has really just filled up since the prequel era mm -hmm. of films. You know, we're not seeing that same love. Now, do, do, do I, am I saying this thing needs a Best Picture nomination? No. But Best Visual Effects on Phantom Menace? Yeah. Like, yeah, there was a lot of visual effects, and maybe they don't hold up today. Yeah. But holy man, like even characters like Watto and yeah. the worlds they built, because this is really one of the first times, at least to my knowledge, that they use a lot of the green screen for filling out the backgrounds. Yeah. Right? Not proper sets. And now that is criticized now. Yeah, it fail, doesn't people. hold up now. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't use enough practical effects in the similar way that the original Star Wars film did, mm -hmm. you know, that actual production design. It was just a lot of green screens and people hopping in and out of boxes. Yeah. So, but at the time, that's groundbreaking, right? Yeah. That, that again, sets the landscape for what they do now is a lot more practical, but they fill out the landscape with the visual effects, right? Yeah. The same way that Lucas was trying to do, but just on a different type of scale. Well, even when you go to the motion capture, like with Jar Jar Binks, yes. Andy Circus galore now, right? But that's like pre-Andy Circus. Yeah. It's everywhere. Well, and Ahmed Bass has argued that, you know, he was the one that started it all. <laughs> for sure. People have tried to make a case for Andy Circus being nominated for Best Actor. 
right in some of these academy awards that, or right. gold Globes or whatever yeah, yeah for caesar yeah because of how good he is at it but realistically when you go back to it what set the foundation for that it yeah. was jar jar Binks, the yeah. first guy won around a ping pong ball scene exactly <laughs> he was the motion captured uh jim henson yeah you could say in a sense exactly so, yeah frank oz yeah. yeah so when you look at attack the clones and revenge of the sith they all failed to win an academy award really for anything they were nominated for things like best best visual effects uh best makeup mm-hmm. but no real love there and then even going in we've got a 10-year gap yeah up until the force awakens in 2015 now there's a huge hiatus there it was nominated for four academy awards the force awakens okay it was nominated for best original music score of course, gotta love that rating. Oh, theme. yeah, give it to me all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, best visual effects, film editing, and best sound ed- editing, but it did not win anything. That is crazy. Well, what about Rogue One? Like the cinematography, nothing like, that was that, probably yeah, probably one of the best looking Star Wars films. So it was nominated for two awards best yeah. sound mixing and best visual effects. But I agree with you, the yeah. cinematography from that that's one of the things that we praise about that is yeah. the ability for Gareth Edwards yeah. to express scale. Yeah. In that film, exactly. visually, yeah. to me, that is the most beautiful Star Wars film. Yeah, I'd say that we have ever it, seen. It's incredible seeing like the um, Scarif and the AT-ATs oh. and all. Just oh, the way that, and that's interesting. That's one thing that I've always loved about Star Wars is that each film takes an environment and does something different with mm-hmm. it. And to Rogue One's benefit, they use Scarif, this bright visual, and then you've got. Places like uh, Lamu and the Rings of Khafrin mm-hmm. and s- the space battles where it's yeah. darker. You know what I mean? They do so much with that that landscape in there. And just some of the scenes of the Star Destroyers in, you know, in the shadow of the Death Star. The Death Star rising above yeah. Scarif. Like, yeah. It's so well or, or, or Jeddah crumbling. Oh. It's incredible looking. Yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. Now, Last Jedi and Solo, both nominated for different things. Last yeah. Jedi was nominated for Best Original Score, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. Mm-hmm. The drought did continue through The Last Jedi and into Solo, which was also nominated for Best Visual Effects. Right. Now, question I have to ask you. Going yeah, into Episode Nine, do you think that John Williams will get an Oscar for what will be his last Star Wars film. Now his mm. scores have been unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable yeah. since the inception of this universe. But the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, the return to Star Wars, yeah, they have been some of the highlights. Yeah, definitely for us. And I think Episode Nine is likely to deliver on the same level. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Academy Awards, from time to time, does have a tendency to give almost lifetime achievement awards through a particular film. You look at someone like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. They, they have a tendency to, okay, this guy's been nominated 10 times. We need to give him something here. Yeah. So there seems to be a tendency to lean a bit on that. Are you okay with John Williams getting something like that for episode nine? Or do you think it's a detriment to him if he doesn't really earn it? Yeah. It's it's tough because I just mentioned how high I hold the, the Academy Awards. But I think if there's anything higher, it's, it's John Williams' yeah. score. I think that man is just a walking masterpiece. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, if it's all said and done, he doesn't get an Oscar. It's crazy. Because um, when it comes to music, he's like the Meryl Streep of, yeah. of score. And, yeah, I, I have no doubt in his music ability in Episode Nine. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. But like it is with the Oscars, it's always your competition. You can put on the best performance, the best score. Yeah. 
the woman or the man next beside you could just be that much better. So ah, it's it's hard to say, man. Yeah. It's so hard to say. I'm rooting for him though. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'd really like him to see to cap off that universe and, and that 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 score, that nine film score. Yeah. With an Academy Award. Yeah. I think that, bring that, back a little bit of the OG yeah. trilogy music there. Ah. There's gotta be a lot of nostalgia built into that score. Has to be. Yeah. be he's gotta take cues from his whole repertoire. Yeah. You know, I, that's what a lot of Force Awakens was to me. Yeah. And then you take some of that new stuff from The Last Jedi Bomb. Oh, I love that. The Sadio Sagarin's intro. Yes. Oh, I love so it. So good. Yeah. So yeah. good. <laughs> All right. Let's finish off here with a brief discussion on the 2019 Oscars. Moving away from our focus a little bit here but what are your thoughts on some of these films that did win some of the bigger awards let's talk let's throw out there first for uh best supporting actor mashallah ali oh my dude yes. have you seen green book oh yeah i loved yeah. it yeah, i loved it. it i saw it a little bit after uh, bohemian rhapsody and yeah. um you know i was a big fan of the trailer when it first came out and i it, it, that's the kind of film to me that did have oscar written yeah. all over it and it, it delivered in every way and um mashallah ali is like two for two now he's fantastic in yeah. moonlight he killed it in this performance, so I'm glad he got that win. Um, big win for Remy Malik, though. Yes. I think he owned Bohemian Rhapsody. So Freddie Malik. His live aid performance there. Yeah. I heard actually when you buy the Blu-ray, you actually get the full 10-minute live aid performance. Oh, really? Yeah, because ever since that film, I've been YouTubing the real live aid, and it's it's so good. So super happy for him, and he just seems like such a good dude, too. Yeah. Uh, my only upset, I guess I could say, was uh, was the favorite. Yeah, uh, for that actress, she's a fantastic actress. Yeah, Olivia uh, Coleman. Exactly. Yeah. But I was, I was going for Glenn Close and the wife. I like. I thought she was the favorite. Yeah, I think she, she has it. the biggest drought. She's been nominated some godly amount of times. Yeah, she's been <laughs> in the game for a while and she just and never didn't won. Get it? Yeah. yeah so, See, this uh, is something that you look at. Like, should she have gotten it as like exactly. a lifetime achievement award? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know they can give those type of awards, but they have a tendency sometimes to kind of. Just throw him an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never see Leonardo DiCaprio again. <laughs> like, he gets an He's gone, right? <laughs> now, what, what about the big one for the Knights? The best picture in Green Book. Now, yeah. Spike Lee took particular issue with this. Yeah, which I think is just ridiculous and <laughs> silly and embarrassing on his own part. But, uh, I mean, I'm glad. I think, cause I think Spike Lee got uh, screenwriting? Yeah, he got screenplay? S- yeah, best original screenplay, maybe? I think so, yeah. which, which was cool for him. And I liked his speech and everything like that. That was cool. But um, can't take away from Green Book at no. all, whatsoever. Pound for pound, I, I thought Green Book was just the better film. Yeah. Simple as that. What do you yeah. think was was the two or three that were vying for that position? You know, we all came out and said that Black Panther deserved that nomination. It wasn't likely to get it. Yeah. You know, was yeah. it between, you know, Bohem- or not Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Green Book, uh, The Black Klansman, mm-hmm. and uh, The Favorite? You know, what was Roma was also? Yeah. I, oh, I thought Roma might have gotten it. I wasn't the biggest fan of Roma. Yeah. But for me, I think it was between Bohemian because it got a lot of momentum going. Yeah. So I think it was between Bohe- Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Green Book, not Vice. What was the other one? I want to see Vice. I have. That's the only one I have not seen. What's his name? Kristen Bell is Kristen awesome. Kristen Bell yeah. uh, and, as Dick Cheney. Yeah. And as well, um, Sam Rockwell. Bush as, as yeah. yeah as Bush. Just, just, wow. <laughs> Transformation, which I'm glad got best makeup. Yeah. Because I thought the makeup looked uh, well. Looked that's incredible. the thing I love about Christian Bell is he just disappears into those. He roles. does. Like it, yeah. I'd, it would have taken me a while if I didn't know it was him. If I had watched that film without knowing that Christian Bale was in it, yeah, I probably would have eventually got it. But it would have took me a long time. Yeah, right. Because the transformation. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it was crazy. Well, and speaking of transformation, uh, going back to Mike Myers too, like his transformation yeah. to Bohemian Rhapsody took me a while to catch on as yeah. him, which was a great tribute because going back to Wayne's World. Exactly, it was awesome. You know, they, then they saw him and Dana Carvey. Yeah, which was just ah, <laughs> such a good time. So, who, who, what was your uh, you know debate? 
for the for the best picture? What, what were we I don't know. Get? I haven't seen a lot of the films. Yeah. Um, you know, I watch most of the Black Klansmen on yeah. an, uh, the airplane coming back from the UK. Yeah. I really yeah. like the film. Yeah. You know, it, it, it there's a lot there, mm-hmm. and not seeing Green Book, I didn't have that that perception. Yeah. You know, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a film I really enjoyed. Yeah. I really enjoyed. Great. A time. lot of people hated on it for the awards that it won. Yeah. It won for best sound editing, best sound mixing, I believe. Yeah. And a few other technical awards, and people were like, at best, it also won for best film editing. That one surprised me a yeah. lot because I think the one thing lacking that film. Was was the editing and also you can see it because brian singer didn't complete that film yeah. another director had to come in and you could kind of see that yeah. a little bit so uh yeah I, i'll give it a little bit of uh a little bit of downfall for that yeah because uh. to me editing is another it's the same with cinematography and mm-hmm. roma won for cinematography well, um, yeah yeah and i had again not having seen that mm-hmm. he, the way it's shot looks quite interesting yeah there's a shot at the end there that's that's pretty great but just yeah. not just kind of a kind of a bore i hate to say yeah for, <laughs> for <laughs> me yeah <laughs> so but yeah i'm with whatever when i it's one of these things that i would wish they had done more of and we say this almost every year is yeah. why don't they put these films out two three weeks before the oscars yes because I'm now likely more to go see the Green Book. Yeah. But will I seek up the favorite? No. Probably yeah. not. Yeah, the wife. The you wife. Know, no, yeah, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah. I will see Vice, though. Yeah. And I will see the Green Book now. Yeah. So. Uh, Stars Born? Did, did you catch that I haven't that seen one? that. My, uh, my wife started watching it. She says it's great. It's really good, actually. That performance? Y- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Bradley Cooper is. I, I, I know. That guy, I, right? I like, that's Rocket Raccoon right yeah. there. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's a really funny tweet. I have no idea who said it and where I read it, but. It was essentially, <clears throat> if if a woman looked at me like Lady Gaga looked at Bradley Cooper during that performance, I would be sleeping in my car in a grocery store parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really sold that, man. They, they did. Uh, they did. Especially Lady Gaga on that one. She's good. Yeah, she is. She's very, she both is. very talented people. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. yeah and But I have to say, you know, my, my favorite was Remy Malek winning yeah. for, for Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. And it was great. They had Queen there. The opening thing with Queen. Yeah, and Adam and, Lambert and, there. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I it liked it. Good. I like I, I like the fact that he didn't try and sound yeah. like Freddie. Because I do know he is actually officially part of Queen now, yeah. right? Um, He just made it his own. And I, I liked it. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah. It's good stuff. You yeah, know, I'm coming back to the idea that this, to me, this is fun. A celebration of it. You get to see some films. You get exposure to, you know, maybe some films you, you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. You get exposure to. And For sure. And you got some nice appearances by Captain Marvel, yeah. Nick Fury, Captain uh, America. Yeah, nice being a gentleman out yeah, there, eh? For Regina, Regina King. King. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you have anything with the hosting issue? What did you What did you think of that? I did, didn't, didn't bother you. No, yeah. didn't yeah. bother me no host. I didn't yeah. even notice it. The best yeah. part about all of that is when they had... Um, What's her name? Tina Fey. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And what's her name? Uh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Up on stage. And they kind of did like a little skit. If we were hosting, (laughs) this is what we would say. And so you kind of had that that brief opening monologue. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, outside of the opening monologue, I don't miss. I didn't. To me, you don't need a host. No. Have someone come in and do some cool skit at the start. Yeah. The Billy Crystal stuff used to be awesome. Yeah. And I love a good... Uh, opening monologue, you know, very likened to like a Jimmy Kimmel or something yeah. like that, right? Maybe not him in particular, but Tina Fey, Amy Poehler do great things. Yeah. They go in, they call it some of the BS, yeah. you know, they give their, you know, anti-Trump stuff <laughs> and then they go on their way and it's, yeah. it's you know, a way to, to break the ice a little bit, get you comfortable and then yeah. you get into the awards. Exactly. I, I would rather see more awards given out on TV than yeah. have and spend more time with a host. Yeah. I don't yeah. really need that because yeah. essentially all they do is what that woman does over the loudspeaker. It's just like, up next we have Best Supporting Actor 
mattress. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Paul Rudd come out. And he, the best part, age. too, about, yeah, about Twitter is freaking out about Paul Rudd and the fact that he doesn't age. Well, I saw the one where it's like there's a picture of Paul Rudd and um, ah, Pretty Woman. How did I forget her name? Um, uh, Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts. And they took a picture and people were like, is this from 1999 or is this yeah. from 2019? You can't tell because those two just look like they're Angela Bassett as well. Another yeah. one. They're just on pause. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I think with Paul Rudd, and this is a testament to probably his no-frills life, is that he just goes with the flow. Yeah. You know, people with low-stress lives likely live longer and likely look younger yeah, yeah. forever. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, on that point, mm-hmm. just chill out, man. Listen to Never Remember Week. We like to have fun here. We enjoy award shows. And we are happy that you guys are along for the ride this week. Yeah. We hope you love the content because we had a lot of fun bringing it to you guys. And we will be back next week in some form or another. There may be a rotating cast through here. We may see Carlos back in the seat. Sanjay may or may not be here. (laughs) We will see. It may just be me for now. (laughs) But we will be driving towards Captain Marvel. We're going to be doing a little bit of a sit down, talking and expanding a little bit on Captain Marvel, giving you guys a bit of insight into some of the characters, not trying to spoil plot lines, but just trying to let you know what you should expect and might help you enjoy the film a little more and maybe stop you from questioning in the middle of the film, who the hell is that guy and why is he (laughs) shape-shifting? But if you'd like to be a part of this show, you can always email us at nerdram at gmail.com. Another apology to our good friend Grabs, Grabs Granite of the Twitter gang. I know we have your question. I know I said this two weeks ago. We will get to it. I do sincerely apologize, and I promise we will get to it. And if you do email in, we will also get to your question. We're going to give a big shout-out to our man, Rob Wade, for Emotionally 14 endorsing this. You can check out him, everything he's doing over at Talk Stores, as well as the other Emotionally 14 endorsed podcasts over at Emotionally14.com. And did I forget anything? You can always grab us on Twitter. Yeah. You know, we was hanging out with the Twitter gang. Our handles are at the end of the episode this is where we do all of our nerd business on twitter so you can always catch us there and you can always listen to everything that we do also on the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com where you can also check out everyone else in the stars commonwealth podcast network we're ramping up to big star wars things everyone is got their finger on the button with regards to the title of the yes. trailer we are waiting patiently for that but the coverage leading into episode nine, leading into the toy debuts is going to be massive. And you can catch all of that on the starscommonwealth.com. That is starscommonwealth.com, not the starscommonwealth.com. <laughs> Anyways, it is getting late here. We are pushing up against our hour and a half mark. So for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.